If you guys have been listening to Ask Women for a while, you probably know my voice associated with some cynicism, maybe some jokes you're not a fan of, or maybe you are a fan of because you've got great taste. Well, either way, I've come a long way from that cynical gal, and I'm doing amazing things helping guys get their banter and conversation skills on track, as well as making those dating profiles look not so terrible. Or dare I say good? No, dare I say great. I get them looking great. And I've been doing it long enough now that I'm seeing actual results coming in from guys that I've worked with, like, you know, for example, engagements, things like that. I have to say, I feel pretty good about my skills, and those dudes do too. So if you want to be smooth and witty in conversation or smooth and witty in your profile, you know who to come and see, and that's me, Kristen. And I'm at kristenandchill.com. All of my stuff is up there if you guys want to hit me up and uh, get my help. So again, kristenandchill.com. Charm more than just her socks off. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, it is just Kristen and I, the creators of the Ask Women podcast, the last standing females of the show. And we are talking about just being you, not dating, not worrying about women or men or how other people think about you. And Kristen is going to be the poster child for this because if you've been listening to our show for a while, you know... She did not always think this way about herself. And now she does. She's calm, collected, and comfortable being herself. And we're also going to get to a couple of questions from our Ask Women listeners. So keep listening. guys, welcome to the Ask Women podcast. You get a very, very rare but special treat because it's just me and Marnie. And Marnie making some noise. Yes, sorry about <laughs> that. My mic is falling. I am like literally crunched over in my closet. And for some reason today, my mic stand is just not stable. I don't know why. Maybe that's because well, I'm, think, I'm a little bit unstable anyone, today. <laughs> yeah. If anyone's in a closet, they're clearly unstable. That's true. That is very, very true. Yeah. It is so funny because people <laughs> that I talked to who were on our show when we were you know, in a studio in the past were like, oh, I want to come back on your show. Are you still recording a Playboy? I'm like, no, I'm recording in my closet now. <laughs> and they're like, well, <laughs> well maybe I won't come of- back. <laughs> Yeah, but that's almost sexy. Exactly. Just think of all the underwear. Exactly. My husband's underwear. Um, Yeah, that's exactly what they want to be around. Exactly. (laughs) But yes, it is just the two of us today. And Kristen actually had a very good topic. Yeah, because I I was asking Kristen, are you dating anybody right now? Like, do you want to share some of those experiences? And her response was no, which led me to the topic of today's podcast. You phrased it actually a lot better. How did you phrase it? Like date, what did you say? Oh God, dating without desperation and becoming a whole person before you start getting yourself out there. Yeah. That's kind of what well, so, so what came first, the chicken or the egg? Do you think that you got to a place where you were like, you know what, I really just want to focus on myself or did life become too overwhelming and you're like, I have no time for dating? What, like what is making this choice happened for you or what was the impetus? Is that what the word is? is it, like what made this happen for you? 
impotent. impotent. It was the guys being impotent. Yeah. No, impotent. That means they can't get it up. Right. No, it's like... The, it was them not being able to get it up that let me Right. Well, but like, did you just get sick of men or do you just... Like, tell me, tell me, tell me how you are at this space right now. Because I think a lot of people may be at this same place. And even when you were talking about this before we started recording, you said, I don't know if it's good or I don't know if it's bad. Meaning that you're still kind of judging yourself because you're not wanting to date. Yeah. And I think I almost am judging myself just based off of habit because I think it's actually a good thing. I don't really think it's a bad thing. But the reason I'm here right now is because I was dating and not getting anywhere in terms of success or this was the right thing. And that quote, the definition of crazy is, is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And so it was a mixture of that, like things just not ever lining up and combined with my own personal situation of rebuilding my life. And I kind of just started to feel unenthused about dating. And then it made sense. I was almost forced into this situation of not dating. And I'm grateful for being forced over here because it's a mature thing and the right thing to do. And I am starting to really believe in the idea that you are where you're supposed to be in the moment and forcing it is never going to get you to where you're actually supposed to be. So forcing the dating thing, I knew I'm not going to find someone because I'm forcing it so hard right now. And I'll also not find the right person because I'm not complete. And I'm old enough now where it's like, I think you almost hit the point where it's like, you're beyond pathetic, not beyond pathetic, but like I hit that line in the sand where it's like, okay, I'm not married by 35. So what's the point to rush now at this point? Right. So there's no need to rush. So I was feeling rushed, feeling rushed, feeling rushed. And then it was like the fact that I was so far behind made me feel like you don't have to rush because you just like missed the train in general. So why try to run and catch up with it when it's already in another state? So yeah, that's, I think, the roundabout way of of getting here. And I just, I don't know. And like I said to you before we started taping, I was like, I don't know if it's like a depression thing or a maturity thing, but I just don't care. Like I literally don't care. I don't care about having a partner in life right now at all. Okay, well, this is all interesting. And I, I, I know that many of the people who are listening have probably gone through similar stages. So let's try to tailor this towards the audience that's listening. So as a woman who is in this state, if you go out in public and a guy does approach you, asks you out, are you in the space where you're saying, no, I'm not dating right now? Do you just say, no, is it possible to spark that attraction in you? Or are you literally just like turned off completely and not wanting to date? And that's a, a real thing for you. I'm really genuinely not wanting to date. And before I would have thought that that was a BS excuse. Like if a girl was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not dating right now. It's like, well, you can be dating. Yeah, you can date. You just don't want to go out on a date with this guy. But now that I'm in the scenario, it's always like once you're in the shoes of a different experience, things become really clear or very like, yeah, like it's just, of course, yeah, they're not dating. So they're not dating. And so I'm getting that side of it. I'm understanding and grasping that. Unless it was the man of my dreams where I just felt right immediately and I felt at home. And I think that's like a word that I forget to use a lot when it comes to what I'm looking for. And it's a very vague word, but I think I'll know it's the right person when I feel 
at home with them and not at home like I'm at my parents' house, but just absolutely comfortable. Like I'm in a the right company and the right time and the right moment. And so unless I felt like I was at home with that guy immediately off the bat, I would probably say no, but you can follow me on Instagram if you want because I need the followers. Well, it's interesting that you say at home because that's exactly how I felt with my husband. I felt at ease and at home. And I'm not sure if it's him specifically that made me feel that way or if it was his actions that helped me feel that way. And I don't remember, it's a very long time ago, but I do remember that whenever I was around him, I just felt at home and at ease. Like I could do the things that I do naturally. I could, I didn't feel like I had to panic when he wasn't responding to me. I didn't feel like there's a difference between excitement and panic. Like panic, I would feel a lot with other guys. And I felt very calm with my husband. He was always reliable and he didn't pounce on me. He just responded to me. He contacted me. He didn't let it go too many days in the beginning where we weren't in contact. I probably was the one that was pouncing. And that did just help me feel more at home, like that there wasn't this huge, this huge pressure there. Yeah. Well, I met one guy who I've referenced a few times, maybe somewhat recently, and I was immediately at home with him and it felt completely right, but he's got a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And so that was like, that was my last straw. I think that pushed me into the, I'm just not dating because it felt so right with him and there was nothing that I could do to change the scenario. And so I knew I could not force that feeling with someone else. And so it was like, okay, I'm just going to detach from this because I'm never going to create that feeling that I had with that person. And so I'm going to go be the best me I can be because I'm not going to find what I just felt. And so why waste my energy on something that's not, quote unquote, like at home when I could be getting better and better? I might as well get better and better and better. And then if I happen to run across someone again that made me feel like the same way he did then I would be open to dating. But it's like, there's no point until it's that good or that natural. Because I've had, now it's like, I've had the experiences. I've dated tons of different dudes. I've learned so much different stuff. I've gotten hurt. I've been the one to hurt them. So it's like, I don't really need to learn anymore. It's like, I feel like I've read all the encyclopedias on, you know, history. And now I don't need to take history class anymore. Well, that's interesting. So then I wonder, like, so for guys who are out there and dating, maybe women who may be in the same position, broken up after a couple of serious relationships, whatever it was, around the same age range, like even people who have been in a marriage who are just more settled in their life because they're now divorced and, and a single parent, like, I guess I'm wondering the state that they're in where like it needs to be something extra special, but at the same time, it doesn't sound like you're willing to put in the effort for something extra special. Or or, are you? Like you you kind of said you're open to it. You just don't want to pursue it, right? That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. So unless something slapped me across the face and didn't make me work, not that I'm not willing to work, but it's just it's like I'm too preoccupied with myself and building myself up to have the desire to put in the effort. And so like that guy that I'm referring to, if he was single, yes, I would say 99.9%. Yes, we would be dating right now. I would be his girlfriend. But that's only because it was so perfect or so right. And it's not worth it. Yeah, I just don't have the energy. 
if it's not going to be that perfect and that right from the get-go. If 10 years from now, I'm still alone and I'm like, God, I really now I'm feeling super alone. Maybe I'll you know lower my standards a little bit. But right now I'm just in this kind of limbo state between I can still definitely find what I'm looking for, but I'm very behind in a lot of ways in the dating world life in terms of like children, marriage and stuff like that. So a lot of guys right now, like who are listening, maybe who haven't been married before or haven't been in a relationship. I wonder if they, so I know that there's a lot of insecurities there that if they're not married at a certain point or they don't have that experience under their belt, that they're going to be judged for that. Do you also experience that? I like being myself, yes, because it's like all I do is judge and and um, critique and self-deprecate. So yeah, but I think it's so far gone, like I said, that I'm like, I'm over it in a way. And it's that like, like the book, the guy, Mark Manson or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. For me, I'm almost like, it's not even a subtle art of not giving a fuck. It's like right now, I literally don't care. So I know people will judge and stuff and it's not bothering me and it's really a freeing feeling. But once my priorities shift again and I end up feeling like I really do want someone in my life, then I'm sure I'll feel self-conscious of it. But right now, it's like that kind of energy of, if you don't like me, so be it. I don't care. But like I said, it's a freeing feeling and I haven't felt this essentially in my entire life. So I'm kind of riding the wave of it right now. Yeah. It feels really good. Do you think that you're doing something to feel that way? Like, so I guess my visual of you is like, are you cutting yourself off from the world or are you like in the world with this attitude? I'm in the world with the attitude, which is awesome. That's amazing. It's like, I mean, I'm I'm definitely isolated in a sense, but I feel like I'm making progress in my own personal life. And I think when you're, you don't want to be selfish, but when you are preoccupied with other things, you don't have enough space in your brain to care about something that you realize is nonsense or really isn't that big of a deal. So I think because I'm preoccupied in what I feel like is important right now, to me, the judgments of not being married or having a boyfriend or children or something at this point, it doesn't feel important to me at all. So it's it's not occurring to me to even think about it. But everything changes. So yeah, like in you know, a couple years or a year or six months or 10 years, I could be eating these words and be like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. You know, I have to explain why I'm no, alone. You feel good have... right now. You feel good right now. That's yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. And I'm trying not to overthink it. And I love that. And for you, I know that is a huge thing. So that's absolutely amazing. It's all I do. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to answer some questions from some listeners. So we'll be right back. So recently I got to meet the team at Tee Shanley. And no, that's not who I caught this cold from. And I hope they didn't catch it from me because they're really busy. Busy making amazing skincare products. They don't have time to be sick. And meeting them was so nice. And boy, is their skin lovely. And so, of course, we were talking about skincare. And Marnie and I both expressed that we were bummed that there's nothing like this at this price point for women's skincare. And by this, I mean all the things that you need lined up, ready to go, without you having to figure out what you need for your skin. The whole shebang, the whole kit and caboodle. With women's skincare, if you want something like this, this advanced, you have to pay, I don't know, maybe $250, $300 a month. This Tiege Hanley stuff 
is so high quality and mind-blowingly affordable. So if you don't think skincare is accessible, think again, because Tiege Hanley has made it more than accessible with a skincare regimen lined up just for you. And it starts at just $25. But if you go to tiege.com slash askwomen, you'll get an even better deal on your first box. And when you think about it, $25 isn't just going into skincare. It's going into the quality of your life and the quality of your self-presentation and ultimately the quality of the women you attract. So $25, eh, that's nothing for what you're getting. So again, go to tiege.com slash askwomen. That's T-I-E-G-E dot com slash askwomen. Start taking care of your skin today because you don't know what it's going to do to tomorrow. Yeah, that's right, baby. Tiege.com slash askwomen. All right. Do you have we, questions? I do. <laughs> okay. I have tons of questions that we never get to. Tons of very long questions that sometimes I don't want to go in and edit for people. So if anybody is going to send us questions, send them to ask at askwomenpodcast.com. Sorry, before we get to the questions, I want to finish up that little convo with yeah. like something empowering about it. Okay, good. Because good. Because I think that this is this what I was just talking about being okay and working on yourself is really step number one to finding the person you really are meant to be with. So it sounds like it's like you're not dating and you're not doing anything to better your dating life. But when in reality, you really are actually doing a big sweep of work on yourself to date eventually and find the right person. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And that could be, you know, me being optimistic right now. And I could totally renege and be like, that was a bunch of bullshit. I was doing nothing. I was lonely. It was an excuse to be alone. But right now, yeah, I think looking at it positively feels right. Well, I've never heard you talk this way before. So it must be something that's altering. So I I think people who've been listening to this show for a while, or even let's say the past couple of months, they can tell that this is something serious and it's not just like a blip for you. I think it's very cool to hear you kind of just being calm and comfortable in your own skin. That's what it sounds like. I've never heard that from you before. So pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. We should frame it. All right. Now we get to our questions. Enough about you, Kristen. Stop Ah. monopolizing this episode because now you're done. We I have to get a new host because I don't have like a bitter, resentful (laughs) woman on the show. I have this grounded like yogi. All I need is literally one margarita and I will be down to fuck. DTF. <laughs> so, <laughs> All so right. That is, that is the breaker right there. <laughs> Just see her hand her a margarita and it's over. I love it. Yeah. All right. Hey guys, I'm not sure how I found you guys, but I'm just so glad I did because I think you are amazing. I'm a 52-year-old divorced dad of two beautiful children, eight and 11. I've been divorced for two years now and all my focus has been on my work and my kids. I own a small business that keeps me busy day and night and have very little time for a social life. I have been okay with that, enjoying my freedom. However, now I'm feeling somewhat lonely at times and definitely desire sex a lot. As I feel like I'm so much younger than I am, but I digress. The women that are available seem to be very self-centered with no goals or aspirations. I'm seeking a woman that enjoys being treated with respect and also likes to be spoiled, but I'm not looking for a spoiled brat. I'd like a woman who reciprocates and appreciates a good man. Why is it that so many women say they want a good guy, but end up with some dude who really treats them like shit? I actually married my ex twice and divorced her twice because all the promises she made the second time around were nothing but lies. Anyway. 
Any help would be greatly appreciated. Oh, if you say church, I already take my kids every week. It's tough engaging with a woman with the kids all over me. Thank you in advance for your help. Any help you give me, most sincerely, Paul. Well, Paul sounds like me in, in a few few months. Like, no, nah, now I want someone. Yeah. But so do you have any recommendations for Paul on where he can meet some ladies who are also, you know, comfortable on their own skin, a little bit more grounded? I heard a little bit of bitterness in there too, but we'll we'll sidestep that. But do you have suggestions on where else Paul can go to, someone who is very busy? Well, the internet, and I know that doesn't sound original, but when you're busy, the internet is in your pocket. As long as you have a smartphone or laptop, it's always with you. So I think as a busy person who might not have time to go hang around at a coffee shop or something, this is just a natural way to start. And it doesn't have to be the only thing you do. But I think if you do online, you'll have a much bigger pool to choose from just to begin with. So like, go online and then build from there. And by that, it's the talking to people when you can, if you want to save time, talking to people. Like I always hate the gym to meet people at, but if he's at the gym and that's like part of his routine, start talking to people where you are normally so that it's not an extra additional thing on your to-do list. And it saves time, yeah. I guess. Yeah, for sure. And and I know that you said, if you say church, I'll get really mad at you. But I think, Paul, there's there's like something that you've tapped into there. There is a community within your church. You have, you know, an eight-year-old and an 11-year-old. They're not really on top of you at that point because they should be socializing with other kids. They're, you know, I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old. They're on top of me because they literally are jumping on my face wherever we go to because they want to be around me so much. And yes, I'm sure they're beside you and and you engaging with women may seem uncomfortable, but there are many community events that are outside of just going to church every single week through religious organizations that exist. So if women that you like seem to be appearing at your church, but they're not accessible to you at the time because you have your children with you, then maybe you want to find other ways to get involved in your church so that you can meet some of these women. And I don't know if churches are very different from synagogues, but I know that like, if you have an interest in somebody there or you're single, like the community is there to help you. And they not only talk about helping you, they actually try to set you up with people. I don't know if it's very like that. I think that's more of a Jewish thing. I mean, I think unless right. my, where I grew up going to church, people were just boring and had no personality. It was like, more of a unspoken thing of, okay, they might be a good couple, but let's not make it loud or weird. And, you know, we'll just be polite about it. Whereas I think in the Jewish culture, it's more like, hey, you. Let's do it loud and let's do it proud and make it very uncomfortable for everybody. Okay. Yeah. What I want to say though about the kids is that he's in church. He's 52. He has kids. There's no woman in there who's going to think, oh no, he's got kids. It's like this woman goes to church. Those types of people generally just to stereotype, will probably have kids or like kids or want to be around kids at some in some capacity. So I don't think that's something to make you shy away. I think that's more of an excuse in Paul's head that he's using to not have to engage at church. Yeah, and I, I can understand, like, I think about that as well. If I were ever single and I had my kids with me, how would I be able to, you know, flirt and turn on that side of me when my children are there? Yeah, and that's there's, true, yeah. you know, there, 
there is a, a more PG version when you are a parent and more subtle ways that you can flirt and connect with somebody that don't have to be as overt as they would be if you were in a bar or a club setting or if you were 25 and single and, you know, talking to people. So you can still be playful with somebody in front of your kids. And to be honest, I think that's a good lesson for your kids to see, like you being open and engaging with other people instead of just being fully focused on them all the time. The fact that you can have a life, that you do want to have a social life, that you do want to engage in other people. You could even say, hey guys, come up and talk to this person over here. Or, oh, I want to go talk to her. And you know, just stay over here or come with me if you want. Like these kids are a part of your package. So I don't see an issue. I think the issue is the way that Paul envisions himself talking to these women. If he does meet women who are at church or wherever he is, and he does find that there's an interest there, then you can go off in another way that doesn't include your children where you do ask for her phone number. And you can even do that in front of your children. And if you want to make it more covert to say, I don't know, like just something that is more covert. Oh, that's a wonderful, you know, recipe that you told me about last week. You know, I'd I'd love to get more recipes from you. You really killed it on the sign of the cross there. That was good technique. Right, exactly. Yeah, something (laughs) like that. But other places, so when you were saying online as well, there's so many websites and applications out there right now that are apps that you can use that have like a segmented group of people. If you're looking for other professionals or other people who have their shit together or other people who are, you know, more mindful, there are sites and communities that exist out there that have those people. And I know that it's hard when you have limited time and I completely get that, but you just have to take the first step out to explore a new group or a community to see if that is the space for you. So I'll say for me, like Christian know this, last year, I was just getting into this funk for the past four months of the year. I felt like I was living Groundhog Day. I've worked out of my home office forever. And it's just, it's for me, it was just finally getting to me. And I could have gotten an office for so many years, but I just got really comfortable being at home and I, I don't need to have an office. And then in January, I said, I'm changing this. I'm going to go work from one of those like group workspaces. And it has totally transformed me. Like I'm in a closet right now. So I feel like my energy level is a little bit more low and I'm working from home today because I'm, I'm doing a couple of podcasts. But the days that I am there, it's just like I am re-sparked and alive again. So just, you know, making these little changes have huge impacts on you. And when you are around the right people, it can have a massive impact on you. Well, yesterday I went to, I am going to therapy again, which I haven't gone in years and years until recently. And I was feeling so like blah yesterday. And I had a therapy appointment at two. And and I knew after that I was going to go work like at Starbucks or something on my computer. But before I left, it was like, I was like, blah, I had nothing going on in my head. And then as soon as I got to therapy, just the interaction with someone in a human setting woke me up. Yeah. And then yeah. I felt like such a different person and I felt like interacting with people and I felt kind of alive. And I don't really know how that pertains to what we were saying with dating, but it's so true. Just getting out of the house can change change so much. It does. Well, one more thing for Paul. So this is a huge thing too. Mother's helpers are amazing. So I'm sure you have other people within your church community or within your own community on your street that have girls or boys 
who are 13 years old, because I'm sure that you don't want to leave your 11-year-old and a year old at home alone, but who, you know, that are 13 or 14 or even 15 who may want to try out babysitting or like just watching your kids or just making sure that they're okay at home just so that you can have some time to go out or some time to yourself and they're fairly inexpensive. So like for me, I have mother's helpers come and I typically have to be in the house of a mother help, mother's helper comes because they're usually about 12 years old. I mean, I have to be in the house. Oh my God, that's crazy. I feel like that, you know, when you're 12, you can't handle it. But looking back now as an adult at a 12-year-old... I was 12. ...with babies. Really? Yeah. It just sounds oh so Oh my God, young. I was, I I mean, was 12 and 13 when I was... It's, it does, and it seems so young, but when you see these people and then you compare them actually to 19 and 20-year-olds, they are so more in, so much more engaged yeah. with your children <laughs> than a 19 or 20-year-old who's like, okay, go watch TV. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be on my phone over here. So I'm just saying there's other things that can help you get out more as a single parent. If you don't want to spend too much money, you can... Like I pay my mother's helpers $5 an hour and they come Slave over labor. and I have... Be- I know it's great. And I have between six and seven to myself when my husband is out of town and it's fantastic. And if you want to go and do your online dating in that hour, costs you $5, you go do your online dating where you can focus on it. And then, you know, then you come back out and have dinner with your kids. Anyway, that's a lot of stuff that we're giving to Paul, but I just, I just feel like there's so many different resources out there and ways that you can meet quality women that you want. It sounds to me like you're just taking what you can get right now. That's within your world. And if you just opened yourself up a bit more and took one step to do one thing that may lead you towards women that you are interested in, and you've listed the values and the attributes they have to have in the email that you wrote to us... I think it could open up the doors to many other things. All right, next question. Hey, Marnie and Kristen, longtime listener, first-time caller. I have been listening to your podcast since episode one, and while I may have missed a few of them, I am generally happy with what I hear. We both know Art Webb is how I found you. Oh my gosh, wow. wow. Okay, I have heard some gems in your advice. I've been trying to get some insight as to why I just fail with women because I can get them to spark interest in me, but somehow interest goes away due to who knows. Someone close to me suggested I have difficulty showing I am vulnerable to what I replied. Well, tell me what that means. I also have difficulty with seeing certain social cues due to a biobehavioral disorder and generally just have trouble being close with people, not because I don't want to, but because I don't feel it. I generally generally try to be a likable person and funny, but it always seems to get me in trouble with somebody. So my general rule of thumb is anything you say can and will be used against you. Now, that's not to say they're trying to be exclusionary, but I do have some difficulty with it. As you said on the podcast before, you've had times where you couldn't get intimate with somebody because of their shoes. But I also believe sometimes opening Mm -hmm. your mouth can cause a red flag to go up and it doesn't make it true. But because the warning shot was fired, has been fired, you're out. Please tell me how I could be more available or vulnerable as I'm just not sure where the line is. And by the time I figured it out, somebody likes me. That feeling is past and they've moved on. Thanks. Signed, Anonymous. Hmm. Okay. The shoe thing. Does he just mean you're not attracted to someone's style and so you move on? Is that what he meant? I think so. I don't really okay. ever really remember saying that, but yeah, I think I think that's what he was getting at. Okay. Me asking that was more so avoiding answer this question because I was very confused. Well, it's interesting. So I don't know what biobehavioral disorder means. So... It's tough to explain vulnerability if I'm not really sure how he's taking in information, but we can definitely discuss being vulnerable because this is the thing. So being vulnerable in a sexy 
way is really just, we've talked about this before, is just sharing information about yourself in a confident manner. So saying to a woman, oh, you know what? I'm a little disappointed that you're not feeling that spark. I really did feel like we had a strong connection. That's being vulnerable. That's putting yourself out there instead of saying like, okay, have a nice life. So that's like honest vulnerability said with confidence so that you're clearly stating how you feel and how you think about something, but you own it and you're saying it in a confident way. So for example, the other night I went out with my girlfriends, we went to this like a speakeasy and we got into the room and the place is actually kind of empty because we got there very early. And my friend said, oh, can we sit over there? And, and she said to us, oh, there's a table of five going over there. You can't sit there, blah, blah, blah. And so then later on in the night when the, the table was full, it was only a table of, of three and we were three people. And so my friend called her over and, and said like, pretty much like, what's the deal? And typically people in that position tend to get either defensive or like make excuses, but she like owned it. <laughs> and she basically said, you know what? That was totally my screw up. I hadn't checked the updated reservations and I should have. And I'm really sorry for that. And that was a little bit of vulnerability too. She like took the punch in the chin and just like said, I fucked up. And at that point, we really couldn't say anything to her because she's like, oh, we're like, okay, that was very cool of you. And we actually like liked her more because of it because she owned that. That's so funny. So I want to equal your story, but the total opposite. This guy, and I talked about this on my other podcast, this guy that was waiting on us, my friend Jen and I, he forgot... Well, her mom was there as well. So he forgot her mom's drink and he was like, oh, the bartender didn't make it yet. And so he didn't own up to the fact that he didn't put it in. And then and we were like, okay, whatever. We're not assholes. We, we still tipped him like over 20%. But then he forgot hot sauce. He forgot my hot sauce. And he was like, oh, they didn't bring that out to you. And so it was like the fact that he didn't own either of his mistakes it showed like a vulnerability in a sense, like in a deeper sense. But the fact that he had to have this shield up and this protection of like, I don't do any wrong, didn't make him likable and it didn't make him endearing. And so mm. we were like, oh, yeah. like, I love how you just said that. Yeah. We thought he was like, he was cute and all that kind of stuff, but like, it just made him so off-putting. And so it's the same in life. If like a guy messes up or, you know, he parks accidentally in the handicap spot and then gets a ticket and he's like, oh, fucking A, I didn't see it. You couldn't even see the thing. Own up and be like, oh, shoot, you know what? I wasn't paying attention. Like it just something that little yeah. is vulnerable. Yeah. And I, I completely agree with you. So I don't know for answering the question for Mr. Anonymous, because I'm not, I wasn't really fully clear on the context. Because he, he was saying like sometimes he misses his chances. So I think there's a few questions in there that weren't really directly related to vulnerability. But Anonymous, if you still do have more questions, like you can do email coaching with either of us. Just go to both of our websites and, and sign up just so like you can ask in a little bit more detail because I don't think either of us were understanding. One thing with the vulnerability thing that I think is like an easy fix is to just not think you always have to be perfect. And I don't know if this is what he does, obviously, but if you think that what makes you likable or what makes you worthy is constantly traveling and constantly learning and constantly exercising, that isn't it. It's okay to be imperfect. It's okay to admit to the fact that you haven't been to the gym in six months. It's okay. So basically, stop trying to be perfect. And I think you immediately become slightly more vulnerable. So if that's a thing that he does, which I'm who knows, but 
Yeah, I just want to throw that in there. Yeah. It's funny because whenever I talk to somebody who, maybe this is just my insecurity, but somebody who's like, I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing that. And oh no, I never missed this. Like for some reason, it just doesn't make me, I can't connect to them. Right. Because it's, it's not human. It's really. like this, this show. Yeah. And I'm, I'm maybe because I'm a, more of a, I guess people wouldn't classify me as a lazy person, but in my mind, sometimes I'm like, yeah, no, I like to relax sometimes. Some of those people who are like that, it's just sort of hard to really connect to them. Doesn't mean you're not attracted to them, but like it's just hard to fully connect to that person. Well, because you want to feel like you can be honest around someone. And so if someone's constantly trying to be perfect, that makes you feel like you can't be honest because they're clearly valuing perfection. And so if you can both let your guards down and embrace whatever weaknesses you might have, or, you know, and it's not to make you sound like you're a, you know, super negative, non-outgoing person, but just to embrace those little things that make you... You. It's like with comedians, you like a comic on stage when they're overweight because it's like you can relate with them. So it's simply just not being perfect at all times of the day and and you instantly can connect way more. And it'd be surprising to actually do that and see the difference. Yeah, I can, I completely agree with you. I love that. Like painting the picture of a comedian. Like the, the reason that comedians are so likable is because they go up there and all they're doing is being vulnerable. Right. But in a confident in manner. In a confident they're way. Just, they're right, sharing exactly. all... Yeah, and a very all the things that they think that are imperfect, all the things that they ways that they see things that are like you know not socially acceptable, and they're they're saying it. So so I love that comparison. Yeah. So I hopefully that answers your question, anonymous. And again, if you I feel like don't, he probably sent that to us like ten ten years ago because he referenced no, 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 art no. from podcast one. No, 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 I know, but no, 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 that was that was a, a more recent one that it I was have added. Yeah. So I mean, I actually shouldn't say that because then he's not learning anything from us. So. <laughs> It's like, we failed. No, I don't think so. But if there is some sort of disorder in place, there are a whole bunch of specialists who can help you with understanding nuance and learning more social skills. My friend, Suzanne, who's actually going to be on our show, who works with people with autism and Asperger's, she's going to talk to us about... And this is this is just for people in general. It's not like she's only speaking to an audience for Asperger's and autism. But because she teaches about social nuances, she can really help break down like things that were to look for, um, how to know if somebody likes you, how to express that you like somebody without being too abrasive or aggressive. So I think it'll be really interesting. I think she's coming on next month at some point. So it'll be... I think that that episode might be good for him. I feel like names of disorders make them worse. Like if Asperger's was named something else, I swear it wouldn't be as bad. Like their symptoms wouldn't be as intense. <laughs> well, what, what, like, what do you think just having the name Asperger's? Just like, uh, you know, assy. He's assy. He's assy? You think that's going to do well? Yeah, assy would be way better. It would definitely <laughs> help his social functioning. All right, for all, for all you assies out there, then then this, this episode is going to be for you. But I think that you were saying <laughs> a biobehavioral disorder. I think that, again, there are places that you can go to with people who are more educated on this than Kristen and I that can help you like break down these social interactions so that you know you don't fall into these same patterns if they're not working for you. And uh, that is the end of our show. We are going to cut it off because I'm sure you're sick of hearing of just Kristen and I, even though no, I enjoy they're it. not. I know. They, I enjoy it. It's like just us. the two of us. I know. But like, I'm like, ah, you've heard so much of us. And anyway. Well, here's the thing though, actually, that you're demonstrating is that like, you're, you're feeling like you need to be perfect in order to have people listen to our show. We need to have a guest every single time, which yes, of course, that's appealing, but have enough confidence to know me That's and you. True, Kristen. 
We're the, we're uh-huh. the wind beneath the wings of the show. Yeah, we're this carrying what, this show. We make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, well, I think I was really just trying to find like an endearing way to say like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I know, I know. I screwed it up. <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> over this show right now. Yes, it is 40 so minutes in. We're good. We've covered the bases. But if anybody else wants to send in questions, please send them into ask at askwomenpodcast.com. Please put the subject line assy because I'll pay attention to it more. <laughs> <laughs> New episodes of the Ask Women Podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. I also post them on YouTube now. So go to youtube.com slash martinkinris and they come out on Friday at some point around noon. I'm trying to like time it for the larger audiences and I'm getting very close to a set time. But yeah, you can go on there to listen slash watch our podcast and people are actually doing that, which is awesome. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week. 